Welcome to episode 75 of Scar Bears. Woohoo! Diamond anniversary. Make sure you give grandma and grandpa a big old kiss on the cheek. I am so happy that you're here with me today. I'm Chris DT Gordon, and with me, as always, are Nate and Britton Barron, giving me their musical and technological talents. If you want them to do their magic on your project, you can reach out to them at Nate Barron. As always, I am always looking for ways to reach out and inspire and motivate young adults with my message of the attitude of gratitude. So if you know of a school or organization, or maybe you yourself would like some inspiration, please reach out to me at, at Chris at chrisdtgordon.com. A lot of ads and Chris is there. So my email address is chris at chrisdtgordon.com or check out my website, chrisdtgordon.com. Well, I am so thankful to be joined by a fellow educator, Nicole Tucker, CEO of Tucker Academy is with me today. Nicole, how are you doing today? I'm doing well today, Chris. Thank you. I'm excited to be here. And I'm excited to have you here. And as I said, we're both educators. You are, like I said, the CEO of Tucker Academy, which means that you are an education consultant and a speaker amongst your other duties. What else do you do at Tucker Academy? Well, I have been a special education teacher for 20 years. So now with Tucker Academy, I am out of the classroom and working more in the community. So I do a lot of tutoring and I help parents with advocacy services, understanding how to navigate the IEPs and the special education process. And that is, as a fellow special education teacher, I know that could be a full-time job in itself. So yeah. I do commend you. And as with many people, we find ourselves propelled into our current positions because of a, a pain point or a struggle we had to overcome. Do you want to, wouldn't mind sharing what was your motivator, I guess, to become the CEO of Tucker Academy? Yes. Well, it's a long one. The breaking point, which really is what happened, I'd say, um, where the avalanche came, was my mom passed away 10 years mm. ago. All right. And when she passed away, my entire perspective on life changed. I fell into an extremely dark depression. I was so deep into it that I didn't know I was in it uh, and I needed help. And I got that help, fortunately. I have a very supportive husband and family um, and I'm doing much better. It's taken a long time, although it still hurts every day. Uh, the pain now is able to kind of be my fuel to propel me to keep going forward and remember why I got started on this new trajectory. And I, first of all, I want to commend, I, I send my condolences to you. I know what that is like, but you know, the pain is unique to every person. What are some ways that your mother affected you in such a positive way? You know, growing up, I would not have had many responses for that question. Um, and in some ways it took her passing for me to glorify the little things, if you will, uh, 
when I spoke at her funeral and I gave her eulogy, I kept talking about this pink Tupperware bowl. And it was a bowl that my mom ordered for me off of QVC. She used to watch TV, home shopping stuff all the time. And it was something she ordered. My mom and I did not have a very good relationship. But she did those little things, even if she did it passive aggressively and would send me a little note with it, right? She did these little things that let me know she was still thinking of me. And I didn't notice that at the time. Uh, but again, now I look back and I'm like, wow, that's really important because it shows me that she did the best that she knew how. So it helps, helps drive me in how I want to be as a, as a mother now with four kids and how I want to help treat my own students, how I like to serve as a mentor, because every tiny little thing, like a pink bowl, right? Or remembering somebody's birthday or smiling at them in the hall, those things, they add up. And those are the memories that you kind of go to when you least expect it. And, and so, you know, when you gather these memories up and you, you know, you, you bring it, you internalize them, how do they, how have they guided you into your current role? Well, um, so I was placed for adoption at birth. Mm -hmm. And so I grew up with this sense of feeling like I was rejected by my birth parents. Uh, and again, it was right in front of me. I had mom and dad who loved me so very much. They gave everything. I was their world. I was what they prayed for. Mm -hmm. And they got me and we don't realize so many things in the moment, right? Until it, the moment is gone. And sometimes it's too late. Sometimes we can get those moments back and we can try again, but sometimes it's gone. And the moment is a memory and the memory is then, well, what are you going to do with this? Mm -hmm. So a lot of the rejection I grew up with and then regret that I later endured uh, with my own mom is really what has shaped me into who I am. I have learned that I do not want to live life in the fast lane. I enjoy taking my time with things. I, if you haven't been able to tell already, I, I speak very sometimes choppily because I want my words to be, um, <clears throat> I want them to come out the way I want them to come out, right? Yes. So I, I learned to not rush through things and to try to find the beauty in the messes because everything really has its own messy story that comes with it. Um, mm -hmm. But if yes. you dig deep enough, you can find something inspiring out of all of that. Yes, as as I'm sure you've heard I've heard someone say before, every mess has a message, or turn your mess into a message. And so, what's a message that you took from the you know I, I want to say it crassly, but the mess that yes. you were discussing. The message is we must become more empathetic. Everyone, I feel we could truly change our world the relationships in our entire society, if we could all learn a little bit more empathy. 
empathy is something that sometimes people feel, well, he or she just lacks it or they don't get it, they don't have it. Uh, again, working in the special education field, I've often falsely heard people say, well, people with different conditions, they, they just really lack empathy. We all lack empathy, we have to be taught it. We just get taught it in different ways, right? So we just have to very explicitly teach it to certain children, but we all have the capacity to learn it. And I think if we spent more time doing so, I think a lot of our messes would clean themselves up because we, we get lost in the moment and we forget that we are all humans. We all yes. have the same starting point. We're all gonna have the same ending point. And we should just be a little bit more nurturing and a little bit more caring towards one another. So the message is we must practice empathy. If we can practice empathy, everything else is gonna fall into place. We're gonna understand equality. We're gonna become more inclusive. You know, the diversity, it will be there. All of these things that we have right now that that cut our society apart and tear relationships apart, if we could just be a little bit more empathetic towards one another and think, I don't agree with this person at all. But I've also had some views that I've been really, really grounded in before, and maybe this is how they feel, you know? And just, again, the possibilities are just so endless. I feel if we could just become a little bit more empathetic. And that that's really what came out of everything I, I went through uh, because I realized I lacked empathy my entire life for my mom. So now I'm spending the rest of my life uh, trying to do what I can with that. You know, it, I, that really resonated with me, the, you know, the message of empathy. And I was thinking especially about my own students and I work with a lot of students on the autism spectrum. And when I, when I try to figure out if it isn't clear to me yet, what, how best to reach this student, I treat it like a puzzle and that some puzzles are like a two by like a two by two, um, with a Sudoku really easy, you know, boom, 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 one step. Got it. Others are like a Rubik's cube with 25 squares at each side. You got to really work it through and, and, and try things that may not work and, and go this other route. But when you get there, it is so satisfying. Mm -hmm. But it takes, you know, they all, the all relationships take work. Some take more work than others. And I, and I totally agree that empathy is such a key part because if you don't care enough about the person to see where they're coming from, you're not going to invest that much into the relationship. Exactly. Yeah. So. We, we don't think when we're walking down the street that we really can make that much of a difference to a stranger. But if we were to, again, just be more mindful and practice that empathy and think, I have no idea what that person has been through today. I have no idea that they just come from holding their mom's hand for the last time, because I passed a whole lot of people on my, you know, dreaded walk to my car after that terrible time in the hospital. You know, there's been so many different events in my life that 
have just could have broken me, yeah. broken me uh, since since that time. And you know, I, I try though to look at right, but what if I could be that little piece of inspiration for somebody else? You know, what about the students who are constantly coming into the classroom and they're constantly like, Mrs. Tucker, you have any crackers? Mrs. Tucker, you have any Nutri-Green bars? Mrs. Tucker, you have any of this? You have any that? <laughs> yes, I do. I have a whole drawer full just for you, <laughs> right? Because I don't know why they're asking. Are they asking because they don't have enough lunch? Because they don't have enough food at home? Is it because they're sharing with their younger siblings at home and they're playing more of a parental role? Like there are so many layers to something so simple, right? And so what one person may see as, oh, why is this child behaving so loudly or obnoxiously? They're screaming at you for attention. It's there. You just have to be quiet enough and empathetic enough to hear. So those things are all around us every single day. At the grocery store, you know, sometimes I, I look at the elderly people who are walking up to the pharmacy and it makes me think of my dad who spent a lifetime caring for my mom mm -hmm. constantly going and picking up her medication i had a, a lifetime you know with her in and out of the hospital and i had come to just take for granted that she'd always come out and she'd always get better and one day she didn't mm -hmm. and you know i i look sometimes now and i'm like wow the older I get, the more I see that happen to other people, people who've lost a spouse or friends who have lost a parent, students that have lost a grandparent or a parent. And grief hurts. Grief is raw and it's hard. And it, for me, hasn't been one of those things that time has healed or made get better. It ha Time has simply just shape-shifted it. Mm -hmm. And it, it's pivotal in my current journey right now. And a lot of times when I'm speaking to students all across the world and we talk about the power of empathy, I let them know, you know, one of my favorite lines is if I knew then at your age, what I know now, well, okay, I would have done things differently, but you know what? Our parents have been saying that to us. People have been saying that for decades. It, yes. We have to learn on our own. Right. So that's why I'm like, no, my message isn't just let's go practice empathy. My message is let's learn what empathy really means so we can feel it in our souls so that then we can practice it and show it. And it's in that action of showing it that it's, it's going to touch somebody else's soul so they can turn around and they can show it. And that's what we really need. I totally agree. You know, it, when you said that, if you, if I knew what I know now at your age, you know, we, we've all heard that. And, but at the same time, we also know the phrase, you can lead a horse to water, you know, and you know the rest. So, you know, with that message of empathy and, you know, reaching out and trying to help, you know, connect people with that higher level of engagement and learning, where you know you you said you were a teacher for 20 years what really prompted you to say hey i'm gonna start my own academy that's a great question i'm glad you asked uh i will tell you but i will back it up for 
a moment first, if it's okay, so I can Certainly. help you see the whole thing. Okay. So when I said I was adopted at birth, mm-hmm. adopted by wonderful family, love me. They tell me the truth. I know my whole life as I'm growing that I'm adopted. I then come to find out I have a, a younger brother, a full mm-hmm. brother. Okay. So the, the more I'm growing, the more I'm understanding, wait a minute. Okay. So I have now a full blood brother. That's only a couple years younger than me. Wait, why, why did they keep him? But they didn't keep me. Right. And then I start to kind of just have these thoughts, these thoughts, when we get stuck in our own heads, that's what happened. And I spiraled and spiraled and lo and behold, I decided to play detective and there's nothing like a woman who wants to find information. I'll tell you that. I went to the courthouse. I went to the adoption agency. I had a closed adoption. And with a very small amount of redacted information, uh, well, of the information that was not redacted, I found her. And I grew up 30 minutes from where she lived with my biological father and biological uh, brother. Mind you, I had always wanted a sibling growing up. Well, anyway, I find her, I reach out to her, I tell her about my life. She's so pleased, she's so proud, you know, of my accomplishments, of me being a teacher, of all of these things, and that's great, right? I have kids, I have a family. My brother turned out uh, a little differently. You know, he's, I think he still needs some finding, some soul searching, right, if you will. Uh, Some of us take longer than others. But the point really was what happened with that was I felt rejection all over again. My life literally came down crashing because when I found her after a whole lifetime of searching just to find out the what if, what do I look like her? Do I sound like her? Like, who do I take after? Who has an interest in this subject or that subject? Or at the time I wanted to be a lawyer. Right. And so I'm like, I just wanted to know all those little things without taking time to appreciate all those little things like the pink Tupperware container that I already had right in front of me. Mm. I was chasing something. Didn't know what, didn't realize it. Just like I didn't realize when I was in my depression until I was so far gone. Right. So it's just all about this maintaining some mental clarity and understanding the moment and what is really the purpose even in life? Not to get too philosophical, right? But if we don't really think about what are we doing here, um, that's how we can lose track of the moment. Mm-hmm. So, but back to the, the journey here, I find her, I reach out to her, I meet the brother and I'm like, oh my goodness, that like Mari Povich or somebody's going to invite me on the <laughs> show. And I'm going to tell them all this stuff. Like, yes, I did all this, this investigative work and here it is. And I used to have these images in my head that when I would meet them, it would be like a fairy tale. She would be so happy to see me and that she would just want to like stare at me. That's the mom in me, right? Cause I love to stare at my own kids. Yes. Well, it didn't happen that way. What happened was she was happy to see me. Uh, she got to know me. I did meet her at a restaurant 
and had a meal with her. And we talked on the phone a couple of times. And the second I started to feel like, wow, she's nice to me. Something that my mom and I, not that my mom wasn't nice, but again, it was just a strained relationship. She was, she was sick all of the time. Yeah. Uh, and she wasn't around for a lot. You know, I did most things with my dad. And so I started to think, oh my gosh, this is kind of cool like a mom. And as soon as I started to feel that was when my mom, my real mom, what I say, went into the hospital and didn't come home. Mm. And I felt a sense of guilt that tore me up. It was the first birthday of hers that I had missed. At the time I was running marathons and I went to DC to run the Marine Corps marathon. It was my yep. first time running that. I've done that one 10 times since. Uh, because now I run it in her honor, but I missed, I missed her birthday. And that was in October. She passed in January. And so that, that, that hurt. But what happened was all in this same span, the birth mom tells me, Nicole, it's been such a blessing to meet you. I've wondered about you my whole life. And now that I found you, I don't want to let you go, but I need to keep our relationship a secret because your birth father, he's not ready for this. He doesn't mm. want to know you right now. And so he doesn't want me to know you either. And I'm like, wait, what? I don't need anything from you. I am a grown woman. You just said all these amazing accomplishments I have, and I'm pretty proud of them. And I have a supportive family system that's gotten me to where I am. I wanted nothing from this woman other than to know her mm -hmm. and started to feel like she was a friend. And that was the, the next level of rejection that I felt in my life that there was no coming back from because that rejection that I want you, but I don't really want you like right now. Um, it was coupled with the regret that I had going on because of what happened with my mom when she got sick for the last time. And so it just changed me it changed me when I was younger I, I got pregnant with my own daughter in high school and I had her very young uh which is you know I kind of followed in my birth mom's footsteps in in that way although um you know it was a little different right and I had I had my family to to help me uh but I I just I don't know I it shaped everything it shaped who I became as a a mom, as a woman, as a teacher, as a daughter. I mean, my, I spend as much time as I can with my dad now. Um, but really, anywhere and everywhere I go, I will do whatever I can just to spread a little bit of joy. And my kids kind of laugh at me, <laughs> you know, sometimes. Uh, but I, I'll remind them, you know, like, you have no idea, right? So we'll, We'll be on the highway and we'll be driving somewhere. And there was, I remember there was a time that 
there was a car going entirely too fast. And eventually we catch up with them down the roadway and they had been in an accident. So that I think was kind of traumatic for the kids to see. They, They weren't super young, but they weren't really old enough. They were at the age where I think I know more than I do, right? So, I mean, they were like, you know, teens and I'm like, wait a minute we're going to stop the car and we're going to pray for them. We have no idea why they were speeding. None. It doesn't make it okay if somebody is speeding for X, Y, or Z, but might you want to look at it a little bit differently if they're speeding because they're trying to race somebody or if they're speeding because they want to be there for a family member's last breath. These are the things that I'm like, we have to remember that we're just human. We're not robots. And if we can remember these things, it will make a difference in the way that we treat one another. It should shape us, which can shape our future. Yes. And we should, we should all always go to the negative when we don't know something. Exactly. Yeah. I kind of, forget where I was at when I was, I went back. I said, well, I'm going to go back yep. first. And I went back, but now I, I'm yep. not I'm trying to think where I was going. You're, we're going <laughs> to get eventually to Tucker Academy. Yes, that's it. Yes. Thank you. You're welcome. So I lose my mom. I'm in this mess and I found God. Now I had grown up as a believer. Um, but I mean, I found God in the sense that he came into those trenches and picked me up kind of a thing. Like, and that's when I was like, wow. And I lost myself into, like, I just threw myself into church, into the Bible, into the, uh, groups, into the, the Bible studies. Mm-hmm. And I also started teaching at a Christian school. Okay. So now I'm still very, very strong in my faith, but this journey, it wasn't easy. Okay. It was like very like this. Uh, And when I had first started at this, um, this, this school, I was surrounded in this community of people who helped me feel like I was able to become whole again. And even though so much of me was missing and so much of me was hurting, I made a difference in the lives of these students. And I, that was great. I loved that. I loved being able to, to show kids, you know, like, Hey, you know what, when you go home, you should ask dad how his day at work was, you know, or you should, you know, draw a picture for mom, something like that. Right. And then they'd come in the next day and they would be like, Oh my gosh, Mrs. Tucker. And they'd talk about how they had a whole conversation but that's because I'm hearing the other side. I'm hearing the, the things that people hate to think about their kids coming to school and sharing. I'm hearing, you know, the, the kids who are telling me, well, I miss my mom and dad because, you know, we don't really do anything because, you know, they have to work or they're always on their phone, something like that, right? And so that's where I'll try to give them a little idea, like, you know what, you start a conversation, say this or do this. And then they come back in and they're just so happy And I loved that. And it just brought me such fulfillment. And I was like, I'm doing this for the rest of my life. (laughs) But the adults that I was surrounded by, 
it just started to change. And maybe what was changing was not them, but me, because I started to gain that mental clarity. And I feel that God put me on a path. I think I needed to be near those people at that time. I needed the safety of just being away from the world and being simply in just the thick of all things Christianity. That's what I needed. Now I realized, you know, I can recognize a, a sheep in wolf's clothing kind of a thing. And I know that, you know what, I, it's not my job to change people. It's not my place to judge people, but all I can do is be the best me that I can. And what I enjoy doing is serving students, helping parents with the social emotional connection that is so important, but it's often like two separate things in schools. We have a social emotional learning curriculum and then we have our regular curriculum. And how are we gonna integrate SEL into our regular math and history classes? Well, it doesn't have to be, I don't think, that complicated. It's something that should already be happening anyway. There's lots of ways we can go about that. That's a whole nother oh, yeah. story, but yeah. you know, the, the point there would be, that's kind of what led me to, okay, I'm going to do my own thing now because at the school I was at, I started a learning support program because my heart's always been for the special education community and they didn't have one because it's a small, uh, you know, religious-based school. A lot of them, just because of the resources, don't have anything that's huge and intact. Uh, yes. There's a lot of willing and loving hearts, right? But there's just not a lot of resources. Mm -hmm. So I, I built something and I didn't build that on my own. God built that. He used me and it became amazing. And so many students were touched. Their lives were changed. Their confidence increased. Their parents felt a sense of pride more than they were feeling a sense of overwhelm. And it was beautiful. And I was not in an administrative role though. So what happened was I still had people to answer to. So it didn't matter how I, I created my program. It was never my program, right? Even though, yeah. uh, and so what happened was I just began not seeing eye to eye with the way things were going there. Um, and weren't ready to charge for the services I didn't feel, things like that. And, you know, then I also looked into getting a, an administrative position uh, so I could kind of keep doing what I was doing. Um, but I was also in an environment where as a woman that was not, going to happen. It was just not. Uh, and so I started to find acceptance in these things and realize these messes, what am I going to do with them? Right. The, when everything changed with my mom, all right, I have to change the trajectory. And so that's what I did. I started my own company. I'm still very small startup. I have a handful of students. They get all of me when I have hopefully thousands and thousands of students, they will also get all of me um, because that's why I'm here. And it's what I love to do. And it's, those are my scars and my story. My mine has been a very emotional one um, and I'm still on it fluctuating day to day. Yeah, it's, but, and, but all we can do is our best, right? That's right. Yes. So when you work with students, are you working 
person like live in person or is it virtual both okay. uh, i i have a few students who are local to me actually right in my own couple in my own neighborhood uh, and then i have some that i only see remotely because they're out of state which i enjoy because it gives me a chance to serve that many more people mm -hmm. right and sometimes the, their parents will get in touch and you know we'll start together for for tutoring uh, but then it kind of just develops into more of a mentoring, you know, and then it's like, I'm going to help you with this tutoring, right? I'm going to get you back on track. I'm going to get you feeling confident. And once they're there, then it's like, oh, well, actually, this was really cool. That doesn't mean we have to stop, right? So it's kind of like sometimes kids just need that person in their corner. Mm -hmm. They just, they need a cheerleader. They need somebody who, you know, can listen to their right when they go home yes. and then give them a little bit of of confidence and say how about you you start the conversation or how about you draw a picture right and then they're going to start i believe to gather all of their own pink tupperware right <laughs> and i think that that's how we'll we'll start to change through empathy so if a family wanted to reach out to you to inquire about services and maybe start, you know, collect their own pick Tumperware and with you helping them, how could they do that? My website has every single contact imaginable. Okay. Uh, so my website is tuckeracademy.org. And on there, you can find out how to connect with me through LinkedIn, Facebook, Instagram, Twitter, although I'm still not Twitter savvy. I have one though. Uh, you know, so you can connect with me on my one of my personal profiles or my company page. I have everything there. Excellent. And, and so a couple more questions, Nicole. If someone were to just ask you for one piece of advice, whether it be to do, I, I guess I, I'll leave it up to you to decide what kind of piece of advice. If someone were to come, come up to you for one piece of inspiration, what would you tell that person? I would tell that person that they have the power of a mustard seed. I would, I would compare it to faith and how all it takes is a mustard seed that they, as one person in the world, have a lot of power, still a lot of good. Excellent. And my last question, and you may have seen this uh, on the form I sent, what is your favorite dinosaur? Stegosaurus. Ooh, yeah. why Steggy? <laughs> because when my son was younger in preschool, they had a dinosaur day and he had tons of dinosaurs. And I'm like, which one are you going to take, buddy? And he took the Stegosaurus because it was blue and blue is his favorite color. So now it has been our favorite dinosaur ever since because we had to come up with a favorite one we did and now we stuck with it <laughs> that works that works yeah nicole it's been an absolute pleasure to speak with you uh thank you so much for joining me today i greatly appreciate it this was awesome thank you for the opportunity i appreciate Definitely. it my pleasure so folks remember that you always have the power of empathy within you you can always choose to not look at a situation and fa at face value,
but always wonder what could be the underlying issue and give someone a the the benefit of the doubt you never know what difference that could make and so if you have any questions about tucker academy or nicole please reach out to her at tuckeracademy.org if you have questions about me and my services about the attitude of gratitude you can reach out to me at chris at chrisdtgordon.com or and you can also find that email address at chrisdtgordon.com well please like subscribe to the channels either the uh, the youtube channel or scar bears please share these messages of hope and empathy and support to everyone you know you never know who could benefit from it and always remember to please have a great day and remember to pass on perfection and go for greatness. Mm -hmm.